Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Pittsburgh Steelers fans, now that's what you call a hangover. My name is Brian Anthony Davis, and I am feeling so good that the Pittsburgh Steelers beat the Cleveland Browns for the second time in 2021 by the score of 26 to 14. Well, it wasn't the second time that it was 26 to 14, but it is just beautiful nonetheless. And alongside with me is my good friend Shannon White to celebrate. This is your good hangover. Where's the other guy? Where's our good friend, Tony Defio? Well, he is uh, he is on assignment, and so he will not be here, and this is an early show because you're like, why are you guys so early? You're usually 7.30 on a, on a Monday, but guess what? It's a Tuesday, and you've got the Scobro show tonight, and I know everybody wants to check out the Scobro show and do that. Those guys are going to have so much fun and the sco the big bro sco was at the game last night as i'm seeing in the live chat a lot of a lot of good friends here like my good friend uh nap 1963 was at the game i know a lot of people were there our good friend captain underpants was at the game so uh, lots of people there at the game so if you want to talk about that feel free this is a party but if you looked at the title eras end but the Steelers season continues. So we're going to talk about the eras that ended last night, possibly. Now, nothing is official, but quite possibly 
two eras ended. But I've got to invite Shannon White in here to talk. I mentioned his name before. Now we're going to say, be spectacled, Shannon. What's going on, man? Hey, everybody. Doing great and, and uh, still feeling the effects of last night. I tell you what, that's those are good effects, though. That's mm-hmm. uh, now, uh, now Shannon is not the kind of guy that's gonna party with alcoholic beverages, but he has the hangover just the same because I know. Well, what's your drink of choice? Are you a Coke or a Pepsi guy, Shannon? Usually Pepsi, but I like both. So I, I'll take both, but I'm a Coke guy first. Um, love me some Coca Cola. It's the right thing, is I, I think that was what they, they called it way back when. Um, so you know what? You know what it's like to party. Me, I partied with the entire new year, I partied with Dr. Pepper. And no, no, I don't hang out with Mr. Pibb. He didn't get his medical degree. I, I'm hanging out with Dr. Pepper because he's the doctor, you know. So um, and that's how I was feeling last night as I was like, wow, I need a couple of these. And that's exactly what I did. This was a great game, but in great Steeler fashion, you start getting nervous with a minute and a half left. So that's something that happened. So what was your reaction after the great feelings of the entire night, watching Ben Roethlisberger come out of the tunnel alone, watching him do the coin flip by himself because Derek Watt and Cam Hayward said, let's step back here a minute and let the man have a spotlight. So when it starts getting to the point where they've got a 14, they've got a uh, 19 to 14 lead and the Browns have the ball. Are you getting nervous? I was trying to figure out how much time would be left off the clock because, you know, if they ran the ball twice and made uh, the Browns use up their timeouts, then you're going to take as much time off the clock as you can and then punt. And I, so I was already doing that math in my head um, because I hate previous defense and I hate that soft zone that the Steelers insist on playing. When you've got a quarterback like Mayfield last night, he was having so much accuracy issues. When you leave those guys wide open like that, uh, it, it, they can sit down in them soft zones, that's doing them a favor. Of course, they did the Steelers a favor by not running the ball more than they did. But um, yeah, I was, I was, I don't know how nervous I was, but I wasn't really comfortable until Najee got in the end zone. Well, I tell you what, that was a <laughs> fitting way to win it the way he mm-hmm. played yesterday, because there's a lot of people that were saying, all right, if the Browns do take the lead, if there's time left on the clock, just like you were saying, Shannon, then Ben Roethlisberger could have his one last game-winning drive at Heinz Field. But nobody wanted to bank on that because mm-hmm. these guys know how to use the clock. If you watched the Cincinnati game, they did some crazy stuff against Kansas City to make sure those guys didn't get the, the ball. And they relied on a penalty. And I don't, I mean, two they, of them. they relied on two penalties. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if that's, uh, that's not good coaching as much as it is luck. And, you know, you can't do that all the time, mm-hmm. but it worked. The, the sad thing is that it worked. So now you're in a situation where you're like, wow, here we go. The uh, Ben might, Ben might have to close this out and you just don't want to want to worry about that. And everyone talked about having Ben enjoy it. Everybody loved the fact that Ben got to come out and do that last kneel down that nobody expected. 
because that wasn't supposed to happen either. I mean, Trey Norwood was not supposed to pick off the ball in that situation. So it was great. He was stunned. He came out. And Mike Tomlin, who doesn't do this kind of stuff but had no problem trying to call the timeout Mm -hmm. and trying to stop that clock and let him do it one more time. (laughs) So that's just – and he was laughing about it at the press conference. But, no, I was getting nervous. I'm like, here we go. But the whole time I'm thinking – you cannot drop this kind of game. Mm-hmm. But let me ask you this question. When you go ahead and you have a game where the defense gets nine sacks, your superstar gets four sacks, your rookie superstar on the other end behind a offensive line that has been suspect all year long and have had a few signs of brilliance, but really put it together yesterday. And we could talk about, we're going to talk about that as well. But when that budding superstar Najee Harris has 188 yards and that touchdown on that long run to end the game, did you think like I did Shannon that, Hmm, this makes 2022 like the song from Timbuk three, the future's so bright. I got to use shades. I got to wear shades and I just messed up my joke. But what I'm saying is made me feel good about 2022 or like I like to call it 20 Najee too. Yeah. Right. The way the Steelers come out and played that game was going to say a lot about the future post big Ben because Ben's always been the ultimate warrior. He's come out and give every ounce of blood, sweat and tears he had ever, ever game. And, and I'm a person, a lot of people want to talk about results and, you know, the scoreboard and everything else, but I'm always most interested in the effort level because that's the only thing each individual, any of us can control is our own effort level. And I've seen so many times this year where the team was getting blown out, uh, were, was just absolutely not competitive in, in many of their losses. And they'd make a play, you know, just an individual tackle or deflection and start celebrating. Like they didn't quite understand that on the scoreboard's what matters. And you're representing the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I've been very disappointed this year with that lack of uh, comprehension, maybe, of what it means to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And the fact that they're renowned for having warriors down through the years, me, Joe Green, Jack Lambert, uh, Hines Ward, Greg Lloyd, you know, all the way down the line. So I was a little bit concerned, but last night you seen the, the usual suspects, TJ White, Cameron Hayward, but you seen guys like Najee Harris, who really put it all together. You seen a uh, firm youth make some, some really, uh, hard running plays to get first downs and you seen what the Steelers line is capable of, uh, at least in run blocking. If you have a competent center and hasn't our didn't do anything spectacular last night, but he just communicated. Well, he anchored. Well, he fulfilled his responsibilities in his combo blocks and didn't allow immediate pressure up the middle, and it and it looked like a totally different running game. So I do believe that we have to be encouraged 
for the future, even if we don't have a franchise quarterback, until we find one, I think that uh, the culture uh, and the effort's going to be there. That's very true. And I love everything you said. I could not, uh, I cannot disagree with you on any of this. Now, one part of the future that we saw yesterday, yesterday was very clear. It's Najee Harris, and everybody knows that he is going to be part of the future. And when you look at that offensive line, you look at it with the tight ends there, the tight ends being Zach Gentry and Pat Fryermuth. You feel pretty good going into 2022 with those guys as your tight ends because that's because number 81 earned it. Gentry has definitely earned it, and we we definitely know what uh, Fryermuth has done. And there was a part of me that was hoping that Fryermuth would catch a touchdown pass yesterday to tie the franchise record for a tight end with the great Heath Miller. But look at the offensive line, and you could probably look at this line and say there's some guys that aren't going to be there, but there's some guys that have, have earned their ticket. So I'm going to bring up a few of them right here. And the first one I'm going to bring up is a man that, uh, man, he was supposed to be a project this year. He was supposed to be the guy that you just uh, basically redshirted, and it's Dan Moore Jr. And I tried to talk to Michael Beck and talk to Jeffrey Benedict about a number, another number 65 that was a very late round draft pick in 1989 who really flourished and played a long time at left tackle, John Jackson. And the <laughs> stories remind me of the same. Because if you remember about John Jackson, he wasn't supposed to be thrust in that role at, at left tackle right away either, was he? <laughs> no, he uh, he was a very similar story to, to Moore, as you say. And uh, struggled initially, similar to Moore. But we know what he become. And, and um, Moore has really – I'm going to try to stick with each guy that you're talking about instead of getting off on the other guys. Uh, Moore has showed me a lot. Um, he needs upper body development. Um, and you see that, you know, he's got some flab on his arms that, that a person my age has, not an NFL offensive lineman. Uh, I just think he, he needs an offseason in the weight room to gain functional strength. That'll help him stand up uh, and hold up better against bull rushes. But uh, he has really showed – He's he's kind of the opposite of Okafor, uh, in the in the fact that he's a fighter, and he's had to get by just by giving everything he's got and fighting when he's overmatched this year, and and I think he's done an excellent job, and and he could really be. I, I know there's been talk of maybe him moving to right tackle if they can get a a top left tackle, and, and I think that might be the the spot for him. That right tackle might be where he'll be most most effective. You know, well, let's talk about that, too, because we, we have a lot of time and to talk about a lot of things. We are definitely going to be talking about the Baltimore game, but we're also talking about the end of the end of an era and everything that's going on. Let's look at that. So I fully expect the Steelers to do a lot like what the Cincinnati Bengals did this year. And the Steelers have a lot of cap room. I mean, I've heard 43. I've heard close to 50. Mm -hmm. I've, I've heard a lot of things and 
with that cap room that they have, Cincinnati did not have a very good. In fact, they it almost felt like they were trying to get Joe Burrow killed in 2020. <laughs> and I was one of the guys to go typical Cincinnati going for this flashy wide receiver when they're not going to bring in Penn Soul. But they were smart enough to go. You did that too? Uh, yes, yes. But they were smart enough to work the free agent market mm-hmm. and and get some good bargains on some veteran players. And they were smart about it. And they did it very well. And which is weird because Cincinnati does not normally do that. <laughs> and then they get Jackson Carmen in the second round. So we all know that, I mean, if Jamar Chase is not rookie of the year, everybody's going to be absolutely stunned. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there's no, I mean, and if anybody out there says, oh, Najee should get over Jamar Chase, you know, you're a homer then. I'm a homer, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I would be appalled if Najee Harris got it over Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. It, that would be that would be wrong. It's yep. not going to happen. Jamar's going to run away with it. <laughs> so, but all I'm saying is that the Steelers have the ability to do that this year. They have the ability to draft right, and they have they have the ability to draft the kind of guys that you can start. Keep in mind that two guys that they drafted did not start for this team. And you've got to look at it like this. We know Najee and Pat Frymuth started. Mm-hmm. We know we definitely know the Kendrick Green, and I know a lot of people are dying to talk about Kendrick Green. We're going to talk about him. Mm-hmm. Um, hopefully, we can talk you off the ledge on Kendrick Green, but that's going to be very hard to do. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that Dan Moore Jr., we just talked about him. Buddy mm-hmm. Johnson did not start. Mm-hmm. Louder Milk had a start. Mm-hmm. And Loudermilk, I, I don't think there's anybody that liked the Louder. I think I liked the Loudermilk pick than anybody on draft day because I was like, you don't give away a fourth rounder without knowing what you got. So he's got, they've got to know something more than we do. And I kind of left it at that. I don't know anything about the guy, but I love his size. I love what he can do. Mm-hmm. You guys are already discounting him. You might have been one of those. I'm not sure. I mean, a lot of yeah, people. I, I hated that pick. Okay. Yeah. And. Mm-hmm. And it's okay to say, yeah, I was wrong on that because I do it yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but you've got louder milk that started. Your fifth round pick was, uh, gosh, why am I blanking on the? Uh, oh, I'm sorry. Louder milk was your fifth round pick. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Your sixth round pick probably would have gotten the start if he would have stayed here, and that was Quincy mm-hmm. Roche. And but they weren't able to. I mean, they weren't able to keep him, and he was gone. And he uh, he had some signs of brilliance. Um, but I believe for the New York Giants, is that correct? Yes. He ended up in the, with the Giants. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he played um, some. Yeah, and I think he had a touchdown or he had a uh, a big turnover in a, a big game. Mm-hmm. Then then you have the guy that nobody expected, and that would be your seventh rounder, Trey Norwood. Nobody expected him, and he got a start. He got an interception last night. Mm-hmm. Then I count a punter as a starter, too. Mm-hmm. And now officially now Dave Schofield has said, well, he doesn't start the game. He does, you know, he, for me, he's still a starter because he's mm-hmm. your, he's the punter that you're starting with, even though he doesn't come in right away. But I don't think they, they count special teamers that way, but you, you still for this exercise, you got a guy that played every single game until he was out. 
He didn't get injured. He went out um, on personal leave. So, but you had a very good draft last year. And the hope is that you can have some guys that are NFL ready or NFL projects that, that you could work with on the fly. Now I'm reading a lot about Kendrick Green. Now a lot people are done with Kendrick Green. A lot of people are with Kendrick Green. All I'm going to say about number 53 is when you did this man a disservice when you put number 53 on him. I not for the fact that he didn't earn it, it's the fact that that's big shoes to fill. Anybody deserves a number if they want to get a number. I have no problem with that. Unless it's retired, you don't get it. If somebody comes in and says, I'd really love 43, then I think I think if uh, if you feel that you want to give it to him, you, you give it to him. You could tell them no. But they didn't tell him no for a guy that just retired. A lot of people were upset about that. But that's not really what we're talking about. The thing about this guy is everybody's down on him. But he was supposed to really, he wasn't really supposed to start start right away when they drafted him. That was not their intent. Their intent was to start a Hassenauer, to start a Finney. And he kind of earned that, earned his way into the lineup because there were some injuries. Now Hassenauer comes out and looks pretty darn good yesterday. Mm-hmm. And the running game looks pretty good. So a lot of people are hitching their wagon to JC right now which I don't have a problem with. But I'm not looking at a guy like Kenny Green and saying, all right, you're done. You just don't cut the cord on a third rounder. You give him every chance to develop. You also have the uh, the thing that Dave Schofield said some very interesting things when Adrian Clem left, that the guy that they brought in behind him was actually probably the guy that they wanted. But Clem was available first. So you might have the man in waiting right there for your assistant line coach. And that's not a favorite of everybody going in-house, but this might have been the design as well. So all I'm saying is, Kendrick Green, I can't give up on this guy yet. Where do you think, Shannon, that Kendrick Green fits for 2022? And how would you handle the situation? I've talked a lot about it recently um, in articles and our discussion threads. Last year, I was done with Hassanar. I'd seen enough, and I wasn't the only one, that he was not NFL caliber player. Uh, He's short, just like Green, short arms, he was probably the worst offensive lineman the Steelers had last year. And the numbers bore that out. When he was in the game, they were worse across the board. Uh, running the ball and passing the ball. I was wrong. He went. He had a strong offseason. He he gained some weight, functional strength. He He's a life – he's always been a center. He was at college. He has a lot of experience at center. But he his weakness – was his body and needing more development and more training. He he worked hard on that. Then he come back this year, and I'm not impressed with him at guard, but he looks really solid at center. 
And I said, in the preseason, I thought he'd be a good backup center. But I wanted Green to start because the Green is so much more athletic and it, than a half scenario. But Green has never played center. He didn't play center when he was little. You know, he played defense when he first got to college. And then they changed him to offensive line. He'd always been a guard. He's fine as a co- collegiate guard. He is, again, like Hassaner, he's too short with short arms to be effective playing guard in the NFL. He's going to be a center. But if Hassenhauer can come back this year and impress us, and everybody's, you know, reading the comments, everybody was really impressed with him last night, as was I. He done excellent. He's been a lifetime center, lifelong center. Green's the opposite of that. Green is the quintessential raw player. He he He's athleticism, but very little technique, very little experience. If he can have a similar offseason that Asenauer had this past offseason, I fully expect Green to be able to come back next year and compete for the center position. And I don't think the Steelers are as bad, in a bad a situation as a lot of people think, if they have Green and Hassenauer competing for that position. Um, now, if, if depending on how the draft falls uh, or, or free agency, they might want to look to do an upgrade there. But I think with Okafor being you know, he's going to be gone, and I don't expect Turner to be back, I expect the stores to focus their attentions on their tackle position and on one of the guard positions. And I, it, w- it wouldn't shock me if they don't spend a lot of money uh, or a, draft, a high draft pick on a center this coming year, this coming draft class. So, again, if Hassenhauer can look like a totally different player this year, I believe Green can do the same because Green does have elite athleticism. Well, we do have two football coaches on our roster here at BTSC. Of course, you have the award-winning coach from ocean city new jersey and that is kt smith and you have a guy that a lot of people don't realize that michael beck was an offensive lineman in college and he is an assistant offensive lineman coach in canada as well and they play a lot in the u.s and my gosh i forget the name of that 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 school a lot um so i've uh simon simon uh it's Simon something, and I apologize because <laughs> I mean I had it on the top of my uh, my head. But it he was saying yesterday on the post game show that he doesn't like like his arms, and he doesn't think he's the guy. But and he's an offensive line coach. But I I always think that year one should be a pass, and year year one could be a red shirt year for a lot of people. And the fact that you have two guys on your offensive line that they, they got a full year's experience and they can draw on that. And it's really funny. Those two work worked out together before the draft. One was from Texas and A&M. The other guys from Illinois and they were working out with each other being more and green. So I'm not ready to give up on that yet. And in fact, we somebody mentioned why are you talking about next year? We've got we've got this year. We still have this year, and that's true. And we're going to be talking about a lot of that. But we're talking about an offensive line that really came together last night, and they came together with JC Hassenhauer at that position. They also came together with John Leglue. 
which I really like. Here's another reason I like Legaloo is because he can be your swing guy. He can be your guy that plays tackle. He can be your guy that plays guard. He's a big man and he's getting some very good experience. So I really like that the bad offensive line that has been all year, they, they definitely, you can go in win or lose or win and Jacksonville lose. It doesn't matter. I mean, there's a lot of arrows pointing up for the 2022 Steelers, but we got to still focus on 2021. And I think the offensive line, with with the right kind of tinkering, with bringing a free agent in, mm-hmm. and and drafting, um, I they're going to draft an interior offensive lineman. They are going to uh, draft a tackle as well, and I can see that. But that's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is the fact that they allowed Najee Harris to get some holes, and when Najee Harris got the holes, what did he do? He then he started then he got hit and broke tackles. Mm-hmm. And I want to bring this up. Sean Manahan gave us five dollars, and thank you so much for the super chat. Sean is a uh, he's our super ch- he's become a super chat Robin Masters. <laughs> and if you don't know who Robin Masters is, he's a uh, Tony likes to say that. Tony would always say that about Snowman as well. Um, Robin Masters, the uh, guy we never saw from uh, Magnum PI, the uh, the money guy. So Najee running straight up the middle for superior, far superior to Najee on toss sweeps. Imagine that. Yeah. <laughs> they, Shannon. Let me ask you this: Was last night the first night that you felt that they used Najee Harris right? I think they've tried to use him right. The offensive line has performed at a level to allow him to be successful. He's tried, but even last night, you know, he's making that first guy miss or he's breaking that tackle. Well, last night, if he could do that, uh, then he was breaking into the clear a lot. And he made some really nice jump cuts at the second level and and then just drug guys for three or four yards. And he, he did that repeatedly. And he got in a rhythm. That was the first time we've seen him get in a rhythm. He'll always be a between-the-tackles runner. And he's a guy that's going to get better with more carries because he'll wear down a defense. He's got a great stiff arm. He, he stiffed arm a couple of them guys last night. That was beautiful. Uh, it was almost assault, how, how good it was. But he most of the big runs that we see – in the NFL this year are between the tackers. And then the guy bounces outside once he gets through the line. If you look at Jonathan Taylor or Derrick Henry or a lot of the guys that's had a lot of long runs this year, that was the first time all season that Harris got some open field. And I was so happy for it because, you know, it's basically the, you know, the 17th game (laughs) of the season. And he finally got some open field and was able to show what he could do. And, And I know he'd, he had really been trying to give that extra effort to, to break one. And then he had a couple last night, you know, of over 30 yards. So, um, yeah, he's going to make his living between the tackles, but there's no reason he can't have games like he had last night, especially if the line gives him a little bit better blocking. Do you realize that he is in position to be the second leading mm-hmm. rusher 
in the is it the NFL or is it just the AFC? I thought it was the NFL. I believe it is the NFL mm-hmm. as well. Now Jonathan Taylor is going to he's going to win the yeah. rushing title, and yeah. there's no ifs ands or buts about that. Uh, but he's only about ten fifteen behind both Joe Mixon and not just Joe Mixon, but Nick Chubb. Mm-hmm. What we saw yesterday with Nick Chubb not. And they're both playing in the same game next week. Cincinnati plays Cleveland. And and I'm not sure how, how they're using... Man, I'm confused on how Cleveland is using Nick Chubb. I mean, Nick Chubb should have destroyed that team last night. And this, this game, really, if you used Nick Chubb right, you most likely... I mean, he most likely goes for 150-plus, and they destroy this football team. And it looked like that's what they were going to try to do. Did they stop, or did the Steelers make them stop? I think it was both. If you remember, I think it was maybe late in the first quarter, early second quarter. He They did a good job filling lanes, the Steelers' defense, and he bounced out towards the sidelines. And two guys hit him, and he fought through the tackle or was trying to fight through, and Adams come in and just leveled him. I mean, Adams bounced him really good off the ground. And if you've noticed, he immediately went out of the game. And after that, his – because he just broke like a 20-some yard or 30-some yard run earlier. After that, he spent a lot of time on the sidelines. And I think that that hit shook him pretty good. And where they're already eliminated from the playoffs, I think they kind of said, okay, we're just going to, you know, use you sparingly and try to protect you a little bit here. So I agree. I think this the last game of the year uh, against the Bengals, it wouldn't shock me if, if Chubb doesn't get very many carries again. X Eddie B gives us $2 in Canadian. So Canuck Bucks. Hey, Browns fans, at least you won the draft. <laughs> and I absolutely love that because <laughs> there you go. They they were the, the posh pick. Everybody, everybody loved it. Mm-hmm. Everybody loved the Browns and said, "Oh, yeah, this is your their year." And I even believed it. But I do remember picking picking the uh, Ravens over the Browns, and we said the Ravens are done. And I, on this show, I said, "No, I, I'll take the Ravens over the Browns." But I think the Browns are talent. Um, Still, Dog eighty eight says there is no first round talent on the entire offensive line. Bad. Um, I, I think there is. I, I think there's enough to make it work. Um, I think he means there's not a first-round draft pick on, oh. the, on the line. It's what I think that means. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I guess that's what that does mean. But we have seen that a lot in the, in the past. And my gosh, I remember the days of, of them winning a Super Bowl with Darnell Stapleton. <laughs> And uh, Willie Cologne, Max Starks. Max Starks was good, though. I, I really mm-hmm. like Max Starks. He was a second-round pick. But I I think that uh, – I but I also remember a guy that was not first-round talent that uh, we had here for a long time, the last few years, and that's Villanueva. And we mm-hmm. talked about – we talked about a Jackson, a John Jackson as well. So, you know, those are th- – some things to to look at. I, I love this. Snowman says, and we just mentioned Snowman. TJ Watt just got his fifth fifth sack of the game. It, it felt like it, huh? Go, Shannon. 
one thing I think everybody needs to really be cognizant of is Cincinnati. I don't think they have a first rounder on that line. They won the division. They were easily the healthiest team in the division this year. And they deserve to win the division. Uh, you know, that's just being honest. If if the Steelers could have called them or the Ravens, neither team deserved to. Uh, Cleveland, I mean, Cincinnati's been the best team. Now, they built the team, uh, as a lot of people say, backwards. But if you look at all the first-round picks they have, at quarterback, wide receiver, running back, uh, they just put a lot of high picks in their skill position players. And the offensive line isn't built with first-round draft picks in Cincinnati. But it was well-coached, and they made some smart free agency decisions. And so they've won the division this year. Um, if you've got an opportunity – to take a Joe Burrows, who's the modern-day Joe Montana. The guy's got moxie. He's got swag. He's a winner. And pair him with Chase, who he's played with and he knows quite well. You know, I thought that was a crazy pick, taking Chase instead of Panay, because, you know, as bad as the line had been. But I think a lot of people thought that. The experts, you know, all thought the same thing. But when you see you pair Chase with T. Higgins – you know, that's somebody that Claypool needs to emulate and needs to work out with. Higgins is great at high point in that football. And he's he's a little thinner than Claypool, but they're very similar in height. And he, he goes straight up and he high points that ball. I always say, when I think of high point in a football, I think of Dwight Clark, you know, from Montana to, win, to beat the Cowboys. That's how you high point the ball. You get it at its high point. And it ain't leaning backwards and ain't, you know, all the stuff that Claypool does. Use that size, use that strength, and go straight up and get that ball. Chase is not that big. I think, what, Chase is 6'1"? He he burnt the Chiefs repeatedly down the sidelines, just going up and high-pointing the ball over the single coverage. So it can be done because our guys don't do it doesn't mean, <laughs> doesn't mean that it, it can't be done. But, uh, yeah, I think that since he goes against – the rules and that they built from their skill position players out and they didn't solidify their offensive line first, at least through high draft picks. So we're going to get onto the defense, but I would do want to address steel dog 88 who brought up a lot of this. Uh, and, and I want to just uh, clarify who's the highest draft pick on our current offensive line. And I would probably have to say Kendrick green, Mm-hmm. And if it's not Kendrick Green, it's uh, Chooks Akora for. I don't know where Trey Turner was drafted as well. So um, I don't know that. So it looks like a third rounder right now is the highest. Now, last year at this time, we had two guys. And those mm-hmm. two guys were two first rounders, Indy Castro and Pouncey. And talk about a first rounder. Late to the party, but here, hey! look at this. He's not. He's not on assignment, my friends. It's Tony Defio. Oh, I was on. A, I was. I was on assignment. All right. Did you make I bail? Huh? Did you make bail? Like, uh, I wish I, I. I almost wanted to go to jail. That's how. That's how angry I've been the last few days at work. Oh no, no, we 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 can't have it. You don't want Tony when he's angry. 
So we're actually, we're getting ready to close things up, but we're going to go on the defensive side of the ball. And one of the things that we've been talking about, Tony, is the fact that the, uh, the Steelers look really good for 2022, even with one game left. And eras ended yesterday. And we want to talk about Ben Roethlisberger, and definitely that's how we're going to close the show. But real quickly, we saw some guys. We talked about guys that we're excited about for 2022. And there's two guys that you've got to talk about on the defensive side. And it's Monty Adams, Montrevious Adams, and Akella Witherspoon. Boy, everybody, including me, well, that looks like the worst trade ever that you just gave up a pick for. And Akella Witherspoon looks to be a guy that is going to start next year or, or could, be, could be a very important guy on that team. I always like to say, I always bring up a guy like Vance McDonald, who came in very late in, uh, not even in training camp, but right before the start of the season. And other guys like, my gosh, Avery Williamson last year that came in in October. It takes a lot of time to be inserted, especially on the defensive end of the side. And they talked about, Mike Tomlin talked about it today. And there's two interesting things that he said. The one thing was, we usually give the give guys with gunner ability, with special team ability, to get out there first. And Akella Witherspoon is not a special teams guy, but once he got acclimated and got out there, you know he's not coming coming back. He's not fighting for a helmet anymore. So Tony, I'm going to ask you about Akella Witherspoon. Are you in love with this guy yet? Because I'm falling. I'm getting there. I mean, he's really started to come on since what was it the Chargers game or was it the Vikings game? I get those two games mixed up. I know they were they were behind big in both of those games, but I know he made a couple of big plays that helped them get back. I think I think it was the Vikings game, but he's really come on since then. And he's uh, like you said, it, you know, it's not easy uh, coming to a new team and, and and learning the defense and 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 getting acclimated, as you said. And and I think he's in line to be a starter next year. I mean, obviously he he took James Pierre's spot. Uh, uh, if, if Joe Hayden doesn't come back, um, you know, you, you might have Sutton and, and, and Witherspoon on the outside, or maybe Pierre uh, takes the lead next year and you have Pierre, Witherspoon, and, and Sutton. But either way, you're going to have Witherspoon next year. I, I, I firmly believe it. And like you, I wasn't that excited about the trade. And we talked all like for the first half of the year what's this guy? Why'd they even trade for this guy? But you know, like, you know, like they, like we always say, they know no more than we do, and 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 they had to um bring him along, and and he's still a young player, and he's a high pedigree player, and it looks like he's uh he's finally starting to uh, gel. Shannon, who are you more excited about, Montrevious Adams or Akella Witherspoon or Shut Up Bad? They're both on my list for good. I've always been. Witherspoon is very talented. He's really good in man coverage. Uh, by far the best man coverage guy the Steelers have at the moment. But he's very streaky. He, he's had moments in the past with the 49ers that he looked like he was going to really, you know, break out and, and uh, be, you know, solidify himself as a starting cornerback. But then he'll have out of nowhere, he'll have like a really bad game where he gets burned two or three times. And so he's been very streaky. He also is very – he likes physicality uh, against the run uh, or even tackling after receptions. He's he's just not uh, – you know, can he work on that and can he improve in that aspect? You know, only he knows that. But I've not been as excited about him since they picked him up because I know he is streaky. 
The great thing is right now he's on a hot streak and the Steelers are riding it for all it's worth. Adams is very impressive in that his quickness factor is a lot like Hargraves. If we remember, the Hargraves generated a lot of pressure on the interior for the Steelers <laughs> because of that explosiveness and quickness. And if you watch Adams, he he just destroyed a really good Cleveland Browns interior line because of his explosiveness. So um, I don't know which guy would be easier to sign. I'm assuming Adams will be uh, Witherspoon because of the market out there for corners and, and where he is having a strong end of the season. He might be harder to bring back. But uh, both guys have at least earned consideration. Absolutely. Now, the one guy that we know that's not going to be back for the Steelers, I think that was made clear, was, of course, number seven, Ben Roethlisberger. I got to give MVP honors to the city of Pittsburgh, the way they helped usher him out for his last home game. Man, they were awesome. And I, uh, I mean, I was never a crier, but being around my wife now, we could watch a phone commercial and we're crying. And I am. And yesterday I, w- I was touched, especially because Ben, Ben was, man, I've never heard Ben love like that he was crying uh, i love ben for being being ben wanting to walk around the stadium have his have his going in the locker room goes no nah, i'm not done I'm going back out and breathing it all in and it was absolutely awesome i love the fact that uh ben with the flair for the drama to go and sit back on the bench like he did after the browns game with marquise pouncey but sitting there and taking it all in that was special for me too there was so much energy, and as it's being brought up in the live chat, it was there was so much energy in the stadium, and they no one was leaving. Uh, we had some guys from BTSC there yesterday. Or what Ian's talking about, guys were there. Big Bro Sco was there. There were a lot of fans there. Um, you know, I know Captain Underpants was there. We had uh, a Nap was there. So I mean, there's so many more that I don't know of that were there. But it, it was just. It was a great evening. I wish I could have been there to see it, but didn't lose anything. It didn't lose any of the feeling sitting on my couch watching that in tears because we had this man in our lives for 18 years, for better, for worse. It didn't matter. He was our Pittsburgh guy, and it's going to be weird watching a team without Ben Roethlisberger. Ben Roethlisberger, last game at Heinz Field. Everybody might have had their last game at Heinz Field yesterday as well because <clears throat> Heinz Field will not be named Heinz Field next year. That is not official, but I'm calling it. I think that deal would have been wrapped up already. That naming rights deal would have been wrapped up already. So unless uh, – I have a feeling it's going to be Tony Defio Stadium, but uh, uh, <laughs> if he has some bucks, uh, hey, we're going to go down and – and play tone deaf tonight. Um, going to go watch the Steelers down at tone deaf. Um, well, put it, but, put it this way. Go ahead. If, if I, if, if I uh, had that kind of money, I would have been able to make the show on time. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. But it's quality, not quantity. And we're glad, we're glad that you're here. You can ask Shannon. In the uh, five minutes that you've been here, you've already uh, eclipsed me in greatness on the show because I I was wow. terrible the entire time. So, uh, and Shannon will tell you that uh, that we're glad you're here. 
So with oh, that yes. being said, guys, you've got to give me your thoughts on the emotion of yesterday on the, I know nobody was thinking about it not being called Heinz field last year. Cause it doesn't matter what it's called. It matters about the men and the women that put that team together in the front office that the the players that are in the locker room and the coaches that help assemble this team the front office and everything it's the spirit and that was we were it was full of spirit yesterday how moved were you let me start with Shannon White as you do your final thoughts and make it Ben Roethlisberger esque yeah everybody knows he's my favorite player I never thought I was going to be able to say that about a Steelers player because from the seventies on up, there's been guys that, that I've just loved and admired equally. And I, so I couldn't pick just one. It'd be like trying to pick between your kids. Mm-hmm. And I've always, uh, you know, had my favorites uh, and I would, and I'd list them off, but then a strange thing happened with Roethlisberger Whereas he, you know, they're talking about Tomlin broke the record for the most uh, seasons above 500 or or not below 500 to start a coaching career. And the one consistent in that is Ben. And Ben, 18 seasons, has never had been on a losing record. He's had two games in 18 years that the team that he played in, that the team was out of contention at the start of the game. That's incredible. I mean, it really is. And when you look at the amount of the guys that were Hall of Fame players with Bradshaw in those teams and how many actual Hall of Famers will be off any of the teams Ben's played on, it's drastically different. But he is he has given everything he's ever, he could every time he's been out on the field. And like I've said about effort, toughness, he had it all. And he represented Pittsburgh. So I had to finally admit to myself, he's my favorite player because of that, because he's done so much with necessarily not nowhere near as much as some of the teams in the past and some of the players in the past. He carried teams, uh, especially a lot of teams with bad offensive lines. And these last two seasons have, have been really hard to watch because the offensive line play just hasn't been there. And, I think if, if it had been, we would have seen a better performance. But uh, I admit that, that I was teary-eyed. Uh, I knew I was going to be. My wife cried. Our family, that's just how we are. We we uh, we love Ben Roethlisberger. And and uh, he's he'll always be – he'll always represent the Pittsburgh Steelers to me. Tony, your I'll thoughts? Always be a, I'll always be appreciative of, of – uh of the difference he made here when he came here in 04. I mean, growing up in the eighties and uh, you know, at, at the tail end of that 70s Super Bowl era, uh, you know, coming on and, you know, that 80 season really becoming a big fan. And, you know, they started to struggle. It was kind of over by then. And the eighties were not bad, but they weren't great. They were, you know, <laughs> mediocre, mediocre. And they got more mediocre as the eighties went on into the early nineties. And, and all those struggles in the night, I mean, those great years of the nineties, but then they came up short time and time again, and then in the early 2000s, and when he came along, he was a difference maker. And I knew in 05, I just knew in that San Diego game on Monday Night Football that he was he had it. And and he never stopped showing that he had it for 18 years. And, uh, well, you know, the last couple of years haven't been that great. But, but 
you know, he's older. What are you going to do? But uh, I think as far as, um, you know, the struggles that, 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 that they had this year on offense or they've been having on offense and, and, and uh, going through that week in and week out uh, as a fan and as, as a, him as a player, I'm sure, I think it was worth it to see what we saw last night at the end of that game with, with, with the um, him running around, the, not, walking around the stadium, uh, uh, saying goodbye to all the fans and soaking it all in. And, and I soaked it all into my living room. And to me, it kind of feels like how I felt in 1992, early 92 or, or late 91 when Chuck Noah retired. I mean, from what he represents uh, to that Super Bowl era, that's what Chuck Noah represented to the 70s. And, and, and it's like a changing of the guard now. And it's, things are going to be different from now on. Uh, so when, when, when Ben said his goodbyes last night, that's it kind of brought up those same feelings uh, when, when Chuck Noah retired. Like, you know, I grew up thinking, who's ever going to take his place? My goodness, it's never, you know, I'm, I can't imagine anybody else being the head coach of this team. And uh, that's kind of how I feel about the Steelers right now. I can't imagine anybody else being the quarterback. So I know it's going to happen, but I can't imagine it. And and uh, to me, you know, you can make a great argument that he's the greatest Steeler ever. I know a lot of people are going to say Mean Joe and Franco and so many others, uh, Mel Blunt, Rod Woodson, you name it. But I, but to play 18 years and, and, and to, to win as consistently as he did and to keep them competitive after the Super Bowl era uh, ended all throughout the 2010s, that's not easy for a team that to stay on to stay competitive after that kind of an era, and, and he was the biggest reason why. So I'll always be grateful, and 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 he's always going to be one of my favorite Steelers. Absolutely, and I cannot pay. I cannot say that better myself. I will have lots of comments on Ben Roethlisberger this week on the preview, but it doesn't matter. We're, we're not ready to send Ben away. We just sent him away from Heinz Field. We're going to rely <laughs> big on Ben Roethlisberger, number seven, in my home state now. My home state is Pennsylvania, but I live – I have another home state of Maryland because that's where I, I live. And it is going to mean a lot to see that man take down the Ravens one last time, and I love it. I It needs to happen. Don't worry about <laughs> don't worry about uh, Jacksonville and the Colts. Let's take care of business then. And when the Steelers take care of business, then you earn the right to pray for the miracle. <laughs> you could justify it then. So with that being said, thank you so much. Very spirited live chat tonight, especially at the end. Uh, um, glad we weren't all in the, uh, in the same room tonight, but uh, lots of passion and I love it. Thank you so much to all of you. We can't do these shows without you and without your passion for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ladies and gentlemen of the live chat, thank you so much. For Shannon White, my name is Brian Anthony Davis. For Tony Defio, my name is still Brian Anthony Davis. And just when you think you've got all the answers. We keep changing the questions. Good night, God bless, and go Steelers. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. 
The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered ChumbaCasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.